want to talk about Islam and uh, the Prophet Muhammad. Now, if you read the Quran, you, you will find out that the Quran verifies that the Bible was real. And, you know, he, he verifies that all these, these miracles took place and stuff, right? But if you read through the Quran, you will see that the Prophet Muhammad himself never actually committed or, you know, performed no miracle at all. You know, he didn't do no miracle at all. And when the people came to him and they said, you know, show us a sign that you're from God, he didn't give him no sign. You know, he, he, he quoted something about a she camel spitting on people and stuff, right? But he didn't actually commit no miracle at all. He didn't perform no miracle to show he was from God, you know? And so if you go back to these old prophets, okay, Moses performed miracles, okay? Elijah performed miracles, you know? Peter and Paul, Jesus, all these prophets performed miracles, you know? All through the Bible, these miracles were performed, you know, and for a person to claim that he's coming from God and he has nothing physically to back it up and, and no miracle to back it up, and you really have to question it. You, know, you really have to question what is this person from? You know, where did he come from? You know, and the Prophet Muhammad was uneducated, he did not know how to read or write. And the people that wrote these Bibles, they were educated people, they knew how to read and write. And the theory is that, you know, the angel Gabriel, you know, appeared to the prophet Muhammad in some cave and he spoke to him the Quran and so he walked around telling other people what he saw there and he never actually wrote nothing down himself because he didn't know how to read or write and it doesn't make sense to me that God being all known and all powerful and, and knowing you know how people communicate would use someone that couldn't read or write like this person was considered stupid like he you're like if you if you go around in today's society and you don't know how to read or write you're stupid and then, you know and that you, you have you have nothing to really show for yourself like that's, that's that's dumb to think that god would use a prophet that couldn't read or write you know and to send to say hey this this is god this is from god this book is from god you know so the theory was that when the prophet muhammad came out the cave and he was telling these people these stuff a lot of people thought he was crazy they didn't you know believe him and stuff but there were some people that joined him you know and he had an army of people and he went around and he raped and you know pillaged a lot of people he murdered a lot of people you know and he he spread you know the word of the quran through the sword and so these people that were following him, you know, going around killing people, raping children, raping women, because it, this is allowed in the Quran. You are allowed to rape women and children in the Quran. It says that, you know, it says if they're not Muslims, then they don't believe the way they do. You have the right to do anything to them. That's what the Quran states. It says that you have the right to kill these people. You know, and if you even look in today's society about Muslims, most of these wars that, that we're at around the country, it, it, it comes back and it stems back to Islam. I mean, if you just look at it, man, every war that we have been in America since I, you know, since I have been alive, you know, if you go back to the Gulf Wars, these are all Muslims we're fighting. We're not fighting nobody else, man. You know, like we're, we're not all these terrorists, you know, that are doing these bombings and all these suicide bombings and all these killings and stuff. These are Muslims. They're, they don't come from nothing else. And they all believe the same thing. They all believe the Quran, you know, and to think that God would want someone to murder someone else. It's, that's not love, that's hate that's, That has to be from Satan, man That doesn't come from God You know, and if you think about it Satan himself wanted to be God That's what he wanted He wanted to, you know, 
to go to God's throne and take over. He wanted to overthrow God. That's the reason he was cast out of heaven, because he wanted to be just like God. You know, he had this image in his head where he was jealous and he's like, well, why can't we be like God? He, you know, he was the created, wanted to be like the creator. And you can't you can't be the creator. There's only one creator, you know. And so Satan will work in many different ways, man. And he'll take praise in many different ways. But his favorite name is God, you know. And if you if you look at, you know, Islam, their their language is Arabic, you know, and the, all the Qurans are written in Arabic, you know, and it used to be against their religion to transfer from any language but Arabic, you know, and that doesn't make sense because God created all these languages, but he only wants you to know Arabic. And, and so when I read the Quran before, it was translated to English, and I have to tell you, man, it seems like a fucking retard wrote this book. Like, the God, the way it was worded, it just didn't make sense, man. And everything, he there were so many misquotes in the Quran about the Bible. So many, so many misquotes that you would look back that he misquoted so many things, you know. And the weird thing is that the Quran, when he wrote it, he states that the Bible is true. Okay. So him and the Prophet Muhammad, you know, when he dictated the Quran because he didn't know how to read or write. Okay. He, he was literate. He didn't know how to read or write. And he did this all by word of mouth. The scribes were writing down what he said. Okay. So how can this guy be from God and not be intelligent when God is, is intelligent and all-knowing? It doesn't make sense that God would use a person so stupid to communicate to communicate to his people. Why? That does that doesn't make no sense, man. That's like there's no way to communicate to a person if you can't read or write and you don't even know what the words you're saying, what their meaning is. You know, so this is demonic. This is this is really demonic. Okay. And another thing is if you look at it. When we read in, you know, in the book of Revelations, so the people would take the mark of the beast, which is 666, okay? Now, history goes back, and you look at the prophet Muhammad and the years he lived in, and when the Quran was written, you know, is it by chance, you know, and, and it's kind of strange and weird that when he was alive was the year 666, you know, the same thing that the Bible predicted would be the mark of the beast. So within this year, 666 AD was when Muhammad was alive, when he was going around when Islam first started. You know, Islam has no roots at all. They have nothing to trace back to besides Muhammad. They have no other prophet besides Muhammad. You know, and yet they claim to believe in all these other prophets. They say, yeah, Moses was real and Jesus was real, but they don't see Jesus as the son of God. They just seem as just another prophet. So if the Quran verifies that the Bible was real and all these people in the Bible were real, then that means that Muhammad was a false prophet. With his own words, he was a false prophet and he couldn't have been sent from God, you know, because God says in the very last book of Revelations, okay, at the very end, he goes, anyone that adds to or takes away from this book, may he be cursed. Okay, and this whole basis of writing the Quran and him becoming a so-called prophet was based off the Bible. Okay, and he added to and he took away from it. Okay, and he misinterpreted so much of it. Okay, so if you really want to believe he was a prophet by his own words, he couldn't have been. He's letting you know that he was fake. He's letting you know that he was not real and he was not sent from God. Okay, and God sent he was sent false prophets into the world to test the people to see if they're loyal. Right. And this is one of the most famous false prophets of all time, you know, but so many people fall for it. You know, if you if you look back just at the, at the short history that I've been alive, 42 years. Right. 
every war that America has been in since I've been alive has been with Muslims. That we have fought no one really, no one really else. If you go back to the Iraqi wars, you know, with Saddam Hussein and everything, these people were Muslims, right? And if you go to other Muslim countries, and, and you know, Islam is called the religion of peace, right? These people live horribly, man. They live in poverty and they live cursed. So how can this be the religion of peace when there's no peaceful Muslim country? You know, you really have to dig into this, man. You really have to dig into this, right? And if this is a religion of peace, why do these Muslims hate everybody that's not Muslims? Why do they hate Christians and Catholics and Jews so much? Why do they go in there murdering Jews, right? When we know from the fact, from the Bible, that every prophet that was in the Bible was Jewish, okay? This guy was not Jewish. He had no ties at all to, you know, to Judaism or anything or to Israel. He never even visited Israel, okay? So how is it that God changed so much, you know, to, to, to completely abandon Israel and come from this prophet and, and just say, this is the prophet Muhammad and this is my new word. And the God, God says, I'm the Lord your God. I do not change. The prophet Muhammad said the Bible is real. He says, I'm the Lord your God. I do not change. He's basically telling you he is not a real prophet. He is a false prophet. And God said he would send false prophets to test the people, you know, to see if they were real. Okay, in the very last book of the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. It's only three chapters long. Okay, and it sums up all the Old Testament. Okay, and God said, put me to the test. You know, he goes, he goes, but he goes, when you do it, make sure your heart is right. You know, and that you're keeping the commandments of my prophet Moses. Okay, so you kept, so if you keep all the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. Okay. Well, the Muslims don't keep that, right? Why? Because they're going around murdering people that are non-Muslims, okay? Jesus said, these murderers and adulterers by, by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So you can't believe that you're going around killing people for God. And that this is what God wants you to do because God says he created us all. And he loves us all as children of God. So he doesn't hate people as they are because that's his child. This is his son or daughter, you know? So it's not that he, he hates people. But he hates the sin they commit, you know? So you got to think about it like this. I asked myself once, does God love the devil? Yes, God loves the devil. You better believe he loves the devil. But he hates what he does. There's a big difference between loving someone and hating what they do. If you're a mother or father and you have a child, right, and your child does something wrong, you discipline them. Not out of hate, but out of love because you want to teach them the difference between wrong and right. But if they keep on going down this path of wrong, then that's their own decision. And you tried your best as a mother and father to correct them. But if you love them, you will teach them the difference between right and wrong. And we all know it's wrong to murder. So if you ask me if the prophet Muhammad is real, no. By his own words, he is not a true prophet. In the book, you know, in the Quran, they asked him, are you from God? He said, no, I'm not from God. They asked him for miracles and he couldn't perform no miracle. Right. There's no prophet all through the Bible. That was from God that didn't perform a single miracle. This was the only prophet that so-called came from God that couldn't perform no miracle. By his own words and his own deeds, he shows you that he is from Satan. You know, Satan is the great deceiver. You know, he, he loves to take the place of God. He wanted to ascend to the throne of God. That was his purpose. He wanted to take over as God. Right. So his favorite name is to be called God. And, you know, in the word Allah in Arabic means God. 
you know, and according to them, that's the that's the holy language, right? Which doesn't make no sense because God created every language. God created all people, okay? So to say he loves one people more than another people, that's wrong. That's very wrong. God doesn't love one man more than the other, okay? He, he loves us all equally, you know, but he hates our sins. He loves the Christian just as much as he loves the Jew and just as much as he loves the Muslim and just as much as he loves the Catholic. He loves the person that doesn't even believe in God just as much as the person that he loves that does believe in God. God is love. God is not hate. One of the most interesting people I think in the Bible has to be Moses. Moses had a very interesting life. When Moses was born, the Egyptians were going around killing all the Jews. So Moses' mother, out of fear of wanting her son to live, decided to build a basket out of reeds and send it down the Nile River. Well, while that basket was floating down the Nile River, it so happened that one of Pharaoh's daughters found that basket. And, you know, she took the child from the river. Now, some of these texts describe, the, you know, the child being as known that this was a Jew, Jewish child that she took from the river. But there's also belief that she thought that this God came from the gods because there were river gods. There were also many gods that the Egyptians worshipped, okay? So Moses, in theory, was brought up thinking that he was a god, okay? And they kept him there as a god. And he was raised as an Egyptian. And he didn't know, no different. He thought he was an Egyptian his whole life, you know? It wasn't until he was 40 years old that he met God. And one day when he was out and he was walking around and he saw all these slaves... You know, and he, he saw him being beat and stuff, right? That that same day, he met his sister, and his sister told him, you know, you're not really who you think you are. Your past is not really what you think you are. You're a Hebrew. You're a Jew, like one of us. And this really puzzled Moses. It ate at his heart, and he thinks, man, he goes, this, you know, this doesn't make you know sense. He goes, but he looked at his life. He didn't look like his mom or dad. And and he was his mom told him that he was brought from the river, and no one knows where he was really born from, and that's how he was raised. And so he got mad when he saw one of the Egyptians beating one of the Hebrews and he picked up a rock and he killed him. He killed the Egyptian right there. So Moses was a murderer. You know, by, by today's standards, he'd be doing a life sentence. He'd be in prison, no question about it. He'd be doing fucking life. It's over with. Forget about it. You're doing life. You killed someone. So Moses ran away. When he, he knew he was wanted for murder, he took off. He ran away from the Egyptians and he went to the wilderness. While he was out there, he was walking and he saw this bush. That was on fire, but the bush was not being consumed by fire. And they thought to himself, man, this is a curious sight. Let me go check this out. Let me go see what's going on with this bush that, you know, I see the fire burning there, but it's not being eaten up enough, and the leaves are still on it, and the bush is still there, but the fire is still consuming. So as he walked towards the bush, he heard his voice. He says, Moses, Moses. And he said, who are you? He goes, me, the Lord your God. He said, and the first thing God said to me, he said, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. This is one of the second images we get of God. The first image we get of God was, you know, in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve was there. And uh, Adam said he heard him walking in the midst of the garden. So we know God looks like a man because it also states that God was created in his image. Okay, so God was walking around in the garden with Adam. You know, we're created in God's image. That's what God looks like a man. Okay, so Moses actually met God face to face in Adam. Very, very few people that saw God face to face. So after, you know, Moses met God, he met this burning bush. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go set my people, the Israelites, free. 
And he thought to himself, man, I can't do this. He goes, what am I supposed to bring back to Pharaoh to send, you know, to prove that I'm sent by you, God? And he said, but not only that, he goes, I can't speak well. Most people interpret this that Moses stuttered, that he had some type of speaking problem. You know, Moses was considered a coward. And so was his brother Aaron. He said, I'll send your brother Aaron with you. He speaks good. And he still didn't want to go. He still tried to talk his way out. I don't want to go, God. I don't want to go. God said, what is that you have in your hand? And he had a staff in his hand. He said, throw it down on the ground. And he threw it down on the ground. Bam, it turned to a snake. He was scared. He backed up. He said, man. You know, God said, reach out your hand, grab the snake by the hand, you know, by the tail. And when he grabbed it by the tail, it turned right back into a staff. He goes, go so Pharaoh this sign, you know. And he goes, if he doesn't believe this sign, he goes, I want you to do something else. He goes, stick your hand in your pocket by your bosom. So he stuck his hand in his pocket, and it came out leprosy. Like all the flesh was gone. It was eaten away. It was raw. It was rotten. It looked like it ready to fall off. And he's like, what is this? You know, and he says, stick your hand back in your pocket. So he stuck his hand back, his po- back in his pocket. And when he pulled it out, he was healed. Like he's never been sick or nothing. There was nothing ever wrong with it. He goes, if you don't believe the first sign with the stake, then show him this sign with your hand, leprosy. He said, okay. So he went back up to Pharaoh. And at this time, he was gone for 40 years. You know, he didn't see him. He was on the run for murder. Now, it has to take a lot of heart and a lot of courage to go in front of this king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, knowing that you're wanted for murder. Knowing that you could spend the rest of your life in jail or you could even get the death penalty yourself. But he had to trust that what he saw was real and he believed God to be real for what he really was. And so he went back up to Pharaoh and he showed him the sign with the snake. And Pharaoh called his magicians. You know, and once they, they did the same exact magic. So magic is real. So they threw their sticks down on the ground and their sticks all turned to snakes too. But Moses' snake ate all the other snakes that the magicians made and he was still there. But Pharaoh was still not impressed by this. He wasn't convinced that this God is real. And he kind of like mocked him and made fun of him. He goes, who is this God, you know, that you say is real? You know. And so he stuck his hand in his pocket again. He showed him the leprosy trick. And he goes, this, this is all magic tricks, Moses. And Pharaoh wanted Moses to come back and make it right. But Moses couldn't because after he met God, he knew there was something more to life. Something more than what he thought was really there. And he knew the real God. So he couldn't go back. He could have went back to living as a prince of Egypt and been fine and been rich the rest of his life. But he decided to live as a wanderer, walk around the desert for the rest of his life with nothing, living in tents. You know, leading a bunch of people that didn't even appreciate him. You know, didn't appreciate God. And, and, they, and when he freed the Israelites, you know. And after all the plagues that came on Egypt, you know, they walked around the desert and they bitched and cursed and they complained about everything, man. You know, they complained that when they lived in Egypt, they had it so much better because all they were getting was manna at the time. You know, this bread from heaven that came down from heaven in the morning and they said it tasted like a honey wafer. And they would collect it in the morning and they would eat it and every day it would be out there. So God provided for them. There was a way for them to eat, a way for them to survive. But they still bitching, moaning, and complaining. They say, oh, man, you know, we had it much better in Egypt, even as slaves. You know, we had meat every day. We had vegetables. We had fruits. We had pies. We had cakes. We had breads. We had all this glorious food. And all we have here is just this manna. And so they came complaining to Moses. And so Moses went to God, and he goes, what am I to do with these people? You know, he goes, he goes, he goes they, they moan, they bitch, and they complain about everything I do. And God said, well, don't worry, because I'll, I'll send him some food tomorrow. He goes, not only will I send him some food for tomorrow, but for the next 30 days, he goes, I'll send him so much food 
If they'll stuff themselves with it, they'll be full and they can't eat no more. You know, so the very next day, this wind came in and all these quails came in. And they settled down there and the people killed them and they ate them and they cooked them and stuff, right? And the people that didn't give thanks to God and decided to eat right away before they prayed and thanked God. While the mouth was still in their food and still chewing it, they died right on the spot. That's it. They died right there. And so people looked around and they said, they had to, this had to be from God. This is, there's is no other way. This had to be from God. But the people were so stubborn, you know, that they still bitched and moaned and complained about everything, you know. And they said, let's go back to Egypt. Moses, you know, he cried and fell himself to the floor and told Rose, he goes, why? Why do you want to go back to being slaves instead of claiming what God has given you? If you would just be obedient and listen to God, he's going to give you something better. You know, he promised this land, you know, to give it to us, you know, to Jacob and Israel when he turned to Israel. But they didn't inherit it because they weren't loyal to God. They were loyal to their own beliefs, their own stubborn ways. So God was not going to bless them with the land that they were supposed to be given until they were loyal. Even to this day, the land that Israel lives in is nowhere near what God promised to give them because the Israelites today are not obedient. You know, they have a form of godliness, but they don't believe in God. You know, if you look at the old standards of being forgiveness by sin, when Moses wrote, you know, the books of the Old Testament, he says, without the shedness of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So we as Christians, you know, believe that when Jesus died on the cross, that blood forgave our sins. Because if you go back to the Old Testament, when they used to offer sacrifices, they would take animals. And the priest, Aaron, the head priest, would lay his hand on the head of the animal, and he would transfer the sins of the people to the animal. And this animal would be sacrificed and it would bleed to death on the altar and that would pay for their sins, you know, because it would take their life, you know, were spared. Their life was spared for their sins because the wages of sin is death. Their life was spared by these animals so they could live. And this is what Jesus did in the sense of the turn that he gave his own life and he bled to death on the cross to pay for our sins. There's no other way to forgive forgiveness of sins without the sheddingness of blood. You know, and I've talked to Christians about this and, and they understand this. And I talked to Jews and Muslims about this. And I asked a Jew and a Muslim before, I said, well, how do you get forgiveness of sins? They said, well, we asked for it. You know, and I said, well, that's not good enough according to the Bible because Jews believe in the Old Testament as well as Muslims. None of them doubt that Moses is real and that Moses was sent from God. So if you believe in Moses, both of you, and you know without blood being shed, there is no forgiveness of your sins. Then you asking for it is not good enough. It's not good enough that you ask for your sins. Something has to pay for you. Something had to die for you. Because God says the wages of sin is death. So that's how we inherit our salvation through Jesus Christ. When he was crucified on the cross. And he bled to death. That's how he died. He bled to death. He was beaten so bad. Right? That all the blood out had dropped. And he bled to death. You know? So if, if you really want forgiveness of sins, man... You have to realize how your sins are forgiven, you know, and if you don't believe Jesus is forgiving you for your sins and you believe other religions that trace back to the Bible, then you have no forgiveness of your sins without blood. Blood is what covers you. Blood is, is what gives you your salvation and redeems you from your sins. So if you want to believe in God, you have to believe that Jesus bled for you and he bled to death for you.